Welcome to Fertility Awareness Project. I'm your host, Nat Dode. Welcome to the podcast, Vita. I am really excited to have you on and I'm excited to start this conversation with you. But before we get going, would you be able to tell us what day of your cycle you're on today and how you're feeling? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and chat with you. I am on cycle day seven, and I'm right in that transition between my inner winter and spring. I had quite a deep dive into my period cave this past week, so I feel like I'm just starting to come up into the world and, yeah, trying to take it pretty slow because I've just been on a trip to London and there's a lot going on, so I'm trying to pace myself is a good way to describe (laughs) that. (laughs) Mm, beautiful I can definitely resonate with that feeling of like or even when you come back from a trip and you press pause on everything and you come back and it's like there's almost this re-entry into the world kind of like when we come back from our period cave after menstruation and you've kind of had both of those experiences so you've been on a trip and you've been coming back and on your bleed what was what was the most surprising thing for you on your trip to London. So you went and visited with the other cycle coaches in London for a meetup. For folks who aren't aware, I'm really curious to hear kind of what was the most surprising thing for you going on that trip? Well, I'd been to London before, so but it had been a long time, 26 years ago. So it was almost like coming to London new. And so there was just that aspect. I live in a very not big city. <laughs> I live in a town, you could call it, with a lot of open space and mountains around me. And so being in a really dense city with a ton of people was a little overwhelming and, and in moments. But it's also, I just love the diversity of humans. Like, it's just so amazing to just see all of these humans together. And I just, that was really a positive for me. I really loved that. And then in terms of, I guess this sounds really funny, but seeing people in three dimensions, I was surprised at that next layer of depth that I encountered with Mm. people that I felt that I knew, or I do know, but just online. And we've been in such a deep relationship over the course of our training program that we've shared so much. And I feel like I really know people. And then to see people in person was just, I was just surprised at that new layer that came through of knowing a a whole human, Mm. which was really cool. Oh, that's super fascinating. Like three-dimensional humans. It's like... It just sounds so obvious and simple, but there's something to it that I just can't quite put my finger on yet. But it was really, it was Mm. really neat. Oh, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like that was a really interesting surprise for you to kind of meet people in a different way. Mm -hmm. And for folks who are maybe not in the loop or don't know, Vita and I met through the Cycle Coach School And in a past episode, I interviewed Claire Baker, who is the brains behind Cycle Coach School, and she kind of brought us together. And I think that we can really learn a lot from these relationships and these ways that we can come together with like a common interest of living in a cyclical way. 
And so I'm just so grateful to Claire that we were able to meet Vita. And I just learned so much from you and all the other graduates and cycle coach school. I think there's just so much to learn. So let's get into what we're talking about today. Maybe before we do, you can just kind of let us know your background, Vita, and how you got into the work that you're doing now. Sure. Um, So let's see, I'm basically a body and an anatomy enthusiast. (laughs) Like I struggle with finding a way to describe what I do sometimes, but really it boils down to just an endless curiosity about the human body and how it works. I grew up on a farm and so, you know, I had a lot of early experience with animals and biology and growing food on a farm. And so it really, I think, nurtured my innate curiosity in that way. And so I kind of came up in the movement world through the Pilates industry, and I've done a few different Pilates teacher training programs. And then I got hooked on these anatomy classes, which are full cadaver, integral anatomy, human dissection with Gil Headley, shout out to Gil Headley and the folks at the Institute for Anatomical Research in Colorado Springs. And it was just this magical way for me to just dive into literally into the human form and it woke me up in a whole new way to bodies to the relationships between structures in the human body and yeah it just it spurred on a whole new version of my teaching that came through and so I have a hard time describing myself as a Pilates teacher these days but I do Mm. use Pilates in our sessions in my sessions with clients But yeah, it's, you know, I really, at the end of the day, I'm teaching embodied movement, like how to be embodied in Mm. your own form. And so all of that anatomy information and Pilates movement history and a lot of yoga practice have all kind of morphed into a new method of teaching. Oh, that's super fascinating. I didn't know that that was something that you could do kind of like adjacent to or connected to Pilates that you could dive so deeply into anatomy. It's I, not I think that's really, it's really not encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's encouraged because it's, you know, it still counts as continuing education credits technically for the Pilates industry, but yeah, it's really yourself, you know, self discovery. It's not required in any way in the curriculum. So that's yeah. And it's just a really interesting combination too with like embodied movement and anatomy. And that's something that I want to talk about more today. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious if like this has kind of always been your jam, like between growing up on a farm and like learning about animals and then ending up in the Pilates movement and like industry like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. what was Vita up to? Like what... What else have you been interested in or like how have you kind of gotten on that path? Mm. Yeah, it's I mean, I remember as a little kiddo, I mean, this has started so early in my life. I think I was about six or so. We had some chickens that needed to be killed on the farm. And so my mom helped me dissect the optic nerve in a chicken skull. And, Mm. you know, like I think that just that like, I want to know more. I want to know what's inside. I want to know why that thing moves the way it moves. I think that fascination is just, just me. Like <laughs> that part is just yeah. innate. And then I worked on a goat dairy for a while. I milked goats for a while in college. And then I moved from, I did a degree in linguistics and did half of that in Colorado at the University of Colorado. And then I moved to New Zealand 
and finished my degree there at the Victoria University of Wellington in linguistics and women's studies was another kind of angle that I had explored but not majored in. So there was still like, there's a lot of feminism inside of me as well. So mm. that's part of the empowerment piece, I think, that feeds in there. And then I worked for the New Zealand Human Rights Commission as a race relations policy analyst, of all things. Mm. And it was really about helping humans get along, <laughs> you know, if I boil it down and oversimplify yeah. it a bit. But I felt that I wasn't really impacting people's lives. I was writing reports and I was doing good work, but I wasn't involved in people's daily lives, making their daily lives better. And so when I got back to the United States after living in New Zealand for four and a half years, I was kind of searching for things like, what do I do? And when I was in New Zealand, I took some Pilates classes that really helped my body be able to survive a desk job, basically. <laughs> and so that was kind of an interesting link. To that. Yeah, and I followed that into the Pilates teacher training in Santa Fe, New Mexico, first off, and then moved back to Colorado and did another two programs here. So it's been a very winding road. Yeah, yeah, I love hearing those connections and kind of like how you got to what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because I also had an experience, I was working as a social worker for not very long once I finished my degree before I got into the work that I'm doing now. And I also had a really similar kind of experience in that like my body was not adjusting to mm. the office world and like my body just could not... Like it was okay at first and then I started having like really, really long cycles. Like I was having 80 day long cycles and I wasn't sleeping and my body was giving me kind of all these signs that like my outer environment was not driving with my inner environment. It was a really, it was a really stressful job. I loved aspects of it, but it was just kind of super draining on my being. Mm -hmm. And I kind of reached a point of just like, this is too taxing on my body, like I'm not going to get out in one piece if I continue on this path because it's just so, yeah, it was just a lot. And so it's really interesting kind of hearing that like your, your career and like path and work life kind of led you from a place of like needing that body awareness and embodied information to kind of survive and like be well and be be who you're meant to be. So I think that's super fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And the beauty of it is that it pulled me towards, you know, taking care of my own body pulled me towards this work that I'm so passionate about. You know, it's like following that lead, even though at the time it felt like this is a crazy idea. And my family and, you know, friends were like, really? Pilates training? Mm. <laughs> you know, but it was just mm -hmm. one of those steps in the path that that was pulling me towards a deeper understanding of myself and my passion that now I can share with people. Oh, and I'm so glad you're able to do that. How did you, I mean, it kind of makes sense how you ended up in like the menstrual cycle awareness world, yeah. <laughs> but I would love to hear kind of the connection for you from embodied awareness and anatomy and movement to cyclic awareness? Yeah. So I've had really extremely painful periods since 
Menarch. So it's been a, that has been a journey that I've been on for years and years now and has kind of informed or percolated through all of this other timeline I've given you. <laughs> yeah. And there were parts in that journey where, you know, I would dive deeper into looking at my cycle or charting my cycle. I've worked with a homeopath now for my whole life, actually. She's been my main doctor for my whole life. And she's really helped me to understand, she was my first sort of link to understanding like, okay, this is how the menstrual cycle works and these are some things that we can do to start making it better for you. And so that was sort of my first intro, actually not quite. My first intro was in fifth grade. My teacher at the time held a, well, it was our version of sex ed basically. And in the girls group, they divided us up into boys and girls. And in the girls group, she talked about periods. And that was really my first intro to it. And I grew up in Boulder. I don't know if you know about Boulder, Colorado, but it has a reputation for being, I've heard of it. <laughs> you know, hippie, groovy, new age, kind of. And so, yeah. you know, that sort of forms or some context around around my introduction to the fact that women cycle but it wasn't till later when I really started diving in and feeling like maybe college years I'd had a couple visits to the emergency room because of the pain I was in and at that point I think I really started like okay I gotta really start tracking my cycles and figuring out what I'm eating and changing diet and supplementation and all sorts of stuff to help help it get better and then I've heard of Claire's work on the Juliet Allen podcast. And it mm -hmm. just, it was just one of those things just right at the right time, you know, where I was like, I want to dive deeper with my clients and myself. And I want to find why each month I feel like I'm kind of sliding back in terms of my physical progress that I'm making and whatever Pilates work I'm doing or um, I bike a lot and jog and swim and, you know, there's other physical endeavors that I'm involved in. And so it was like I wanted to understand how I could make progress each month rather than backsliding because I'd have to stop all of the work I was, physical work, activity I was doing to manage the period pain. So it just kind of landed in my lap at the right time. And I was like, oh, this is an opportunity to dive deeper into the menstrual cycle world. And then that kind of dovetailed into my business at the time, which was also becoming more and more personalized and anatomy focused. And it just kind of meshed in the right timing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really, really cool. It's interesting hearing so many different stories that are so different, but also so similar that like led us to this work mm -hmm. that often it is really, unfortunately, often it is like this, like pain or, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like for me, it was really just irregular cycles that led me to deeper understanding of my own cycle and myself. And for you, it sounds like really taking your period pain seriously and like really kind of being the own advocate for your health mm -hmm. is what led you to this work, which is really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and I was also coming out of a relationship at the time, and it was sort of part of my personal empowerment as well. So, again, mm. that thread kind of keeps leading me in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm curious, personally curious, how you, like in a really practical sense in the work that you do with your clients, mm -hmm. how you bring in 
anatomy and movement and embodied living and cyclic awareness into kind of like the work that you do with your clients? Mm, That is the question, right? I find it so hard to describe, I think, because it's such an in-the-moment intuitive experience with each client. So usually, like if I keep it really practical, because I can get off on a tangent here pretty easily, say somebody comes to me with, I'll give you an example, upper back pain. And they show up and they have rounded shoulders. They're kind of hunched forward. They've had a desk job for 40 years. You start to kind of color in this person's history. And I find that for me, the physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual are all the same. They're all connected innately in a human. And so changing somebody's posture, for example, this person with rounded shoulders and an upper back that's curved over, isn't just about mechanics, body mechanics. And in the Pilates world, it's that's just what we're talking about. It's just mechanics. How do you move better? How do you engage muscles differently with, you know, to change your mechanical posture? But there's more to it than that. And I always felt like as I was teaching Pilates that I couldn't make sustainable change with my clients unless we went that extra layer deeper, which was like what part of your life, like if you can try it right sitting where you are right now, if you round your shoulders forward and curl down and push your head forward, there's a sensation involved with that, right? There's a psychological Mm. process there too. It's not just body mechanics. And so as you roll your shoulders back and lift your chest and open your collarbones and take an inhale, that's a different way of existing in the world, right? Like you're, you're now walking with your chest up and your head up and your gaze up. And it's a different way to interact with your family and yourself. And it feels different inside your body and inside your mental and emotional world too. So the link for me is, is in trying to create really sustainable change for my clients. So in a session, Mm. if that's happening, I'll explain to them, like, these are your shoulder blades. You know, I'm introducing somebody to some anatomy that they've never thought about. And I explain how they move and I show them diagrams and I have a skeleton in my studio and they touch the skeleton and they touch their own body. I've seen your skeleton. Yeah, it peeks out in my Zoom meetings. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then they go like, oh, wow, I actually have a choice. It's about agency, right? This isn't, you have a choice Mm -hmm. about the position that your body takes in the world. You can choose how your joints move and how your muscles engage and which ones you want to engage. It's not just like, here, you get what you get and good luck with it. Although that is the education level that most people get, right? You don't get this information unless you go looking for it. So it's about mechanics and learning about your own awareness, right? About your own body parts, literally, and then engaging them and using them to create a different world experience for yourself. Mm, That just makes so much sense to me because I've found that that's been my experience as well is like we really cannot separate the body from the rest of our being, from our history, from like our experience in the world like it's also interconnected and to to separate that is like it just doesn't make sense to me in my own experience at least Mm -hmm. and I can just I can see how beautifully you can make a connection to between where we are in our cycle and how our being changes throughout the cycle and our own experience in the world and like our bodies are really like the tangible experience of ourselves in the world and like 
our relationship to the world is lived out through our bodies. Yeah. And this this changes throughout the cycle. Like we just can't work with anyone who's cycling and not have the menstrual cycle be a part of any type of work that we do. Like it's just so integral. The menstrual cycle is is our fifth vital sign. Like it just tells us so much about about our bodies and then it also tells us about our relationship to what's happening in our lives and how we're living out in the world as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I find a oh, lot of that that sort of traditional fitness industry world is all about like mind over matter, forcing your body to do XYZ when you're not feeling it. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference yeah. for me between challenging yourself in and growing in a way that's sustainable and supportive and nurturing versus having an opinion about how your body should be and trying to force that agenda. Yes. And I just, in the Pilates world, I just kept on being like, I can't keep ignoring this, Mm. you know, for myself. I would be bleeding and in so much pain. And my teachers would just say, yeah, moving and engaging your abdominals helps at this time of the month without having any (laughs) knowledge about it, right? And I'm having the complete opposite experience in my body where my body is like, this is awful, do not engage your abdominals when you're bleeding. Hmm. And so I had eventually just because I didn't have a choice because of the amount of pain I was in to listen to my own body. And I want to be able to listen to Hmm. my clients' bodies. And if they come in, you know, on day one of their period, I'm not going to, we're not going to do the same workout that we would do on day 15. No, no, it like we're a different human. It, 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 it makes so much sense. And yet, like what you're speaking to is this narrative that just exists wherever you go that we need to we need to be like men, like our bodies need yeah. to be like men's bodies. And we need to push through and like, it's in our head. And all of this type of stuff. And then you reach a point where your body's like, no, like, I, no, I don't want to push anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I just had chills as you were speaking, because I think this is just so, it's so simple, yet so profound. And like, it's missing from so many spaces. And I just think of all the people who really crave this like deep relationship to their body and my heart goes out to them because this is the culture that we live in. Like it's, it's not your fault. (laughs) Like this is, this is really pervasive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it feels like social justice work Mm. in some way for me too, you know, Mm. and feminism and, you know, it all kind of ties back together. Human rights. Like you have a right to exist in your body as it is. You don't, you know, that's, that's just like the fundamental baseline yeah. here. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and I just forcing it does not work. You have <laughs> the right to exist in your body as it is. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk a little bit about how this work translates into understanding our arousal and like understanding our reproductive anatomy and how we can kind of use that information to have a deeper connection to our sexuality how 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 does that all connect for you or like what is the importance of understanding anatomy when it comes to arousal and sexuality yeah this is such a huge topic and yeah to start really basic just knowing your parts 
It's just like, it's huge. And we never get taught what our parts are. Yeah. We just, you know, our sex ed, and at least in this country, and sounds like in Canada as well, is, is lacking. And I know there's a lot of people working towards improving that. So that is super awesome. But just the basics of knowing what your parts are is so empowering because now you have a choice about what you want to do with those parts, mm-hmm. right? Just like a shoulder blade. I mean, I love anatomy partly because it's the great neutralizer, mm. right? It's just in an anatomical form and there's zero judgment on that until you get into our culture, mm. right? And at that point, you know, that's out of the scope of this conversation, <laughs> but just knowing your your own internal parts, it's like it does something else too. There's something where Gil Headley, the guy that runs these dissection workshops that I do, he says like if you know the name of a part and you've seen it in your in a in a cadaver and then you feel it in your own body, it's like you can name that part and you call its name and it responds. Mm. There's a there's actually a response from the physical body that and I think emotional body and spiritual body and sexual body, when you, when you make contact, mm. like, I know what you are, I know where you are. And it's like, oh, okay, I've got something to say then if you're listening. Yeah. And that's huge in sexuality and arousal, because in my mind, it's part of, it's a listening practice. What feels good in the moment? What, do, what do, does my body want? What does it not want? Right? Where, how do you follow those super subtle cues if you just don't even know who's in the neighborhood? Mm. That's kind of my, yes. yeah, my philosophy <laughs> on that, you could say. Yeah. Um, well, without just, getting super specific. No, it just sounds like, it just reminds me of like almost like two way communication. Like when, when yeah. we're able to like own and name our bodies and our parts, we open up this communication we're able to actually listen to our bodies and like how important is that in our connection to our pleasure and our sexuality that we're able to to listen to our bodies like that is for me that's been like number one for connecting to my pleasure Mm -hmm. is like actually listening yeah and listening involves turning down a lot of other noise right but it also involves getting like that self-awareness at a really deep level so that you can follow those cues. Hmm. Yeah. And then eventually be able to communicate that with a partner if you're with a partner or partners, right? Like then it, it branches out into your world and into your community. Yeah. And it really just like, yeah, it really just deepens this awareness and insight and potential for pleasure. Yeah. With yourself or with, with other people. products have been a part of my everyday self-care for a long time now. I love Mod because they create high-quality, non-toxic, and modern sexual wellness and personal care products. My favorites from them are Shine, which is a water-based lubricant, and Rise, which is their high-quality, ultra-thin condoms. To get $5 off your next order, Use code NAT5 at checkout when you go to getmod.com. What are some specific things that have surprised you or fascinated you as 
you've learned about anatomy and when it comes to sexuality and arousal? So much. I've done a couple, a few different pelvic dissections, both men and women, or female, male, I should say, cadaver forms. And there's so much in there that number one is just the connections between things, Mm. how closely everything is related. And you can draw that into a metaphor for our world as well. But it's not, stuff isn't in there in isolation, right? Like your uterus isn't just floating there in the middle of space with your bladder on one side and the rectum on the other side. It's like everything is, is connected and is, you can't take one piece out without affecting everybody else. And so, yeah, that a couple of just prime examples that I found really fascinating in terms of those deep connections. One of them is seeing the round, what's called the round ligament. And it connects, if you can kind of visualize it, it connects from the top of the uterus in front of the fallopian tubes. So you can imagine the fallopian tubes heading off to the sides with the ovaries at the ends. And then in front of the fallopian tube, off of the body of the uterus, there's these two ligaments that's basically like connective tissue that gathers into somewhat of a cord. It's not literally a cord, but that's an image we'll use. And it travels out over the front of the bowl of the pelvis And this connective tissue infiltrates the mons, which is the fatty tissue that lies over the pubic bone, and the outer labia. And so you can literally make contact with your uterus through this connective tissue. Hmm. So if you, you, by touching the mons or the labia or pulling or moving or massaging, just your, like your, even your low belly skin will move those round ligaments. And how that applies practically for me is in cramping, right? When I'm in severe pain, I can kind of pull, that sounds kind of funny, but pull on my belly skin kind of there, low belly, mons, labia area, and it actually releases the cramps. It's mm-hmm. actually going, you can imagine those threads of connective, t- connective tissue dropping back into the uterus and kind of stretching, for lack of a better word, the area around the uterus and the uterus itself. So it was, that was one giant light bulb for me where I was like, what? I actually can make contact mm. <laughs> with this like elusive quote unquote womb space yeah. that we, you know, try to connect to and especially in the menstrual cycle coaching world. And it was like, wow, there's actually a direct link mm. to that space. That's super cool. So that was one that I found really, really fascinating. Yeah, I can definitely picture, like as you were explaining, I was closing my eyes and kind of picturing my uterus and and I can actually see like that connection and the fact that you can mm-hmm. you can touch your uterus is super cool mm-hmm. that's really really fascinating yeah yeah and otherwise it's you know if we just I mean most people I don't know most people you can't really say a generalization like that but the cervix at the top of the vaginal canal right that's one way that you can make contact quote-unquote with the uterus right mm-hmm is insert, inserting a finger and touching the cervix. But yeah, it was like, but where's the rest of it? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what is the rest of the womb doing up in there? And it was such a neat connection to feel like, oh wow, like my outsides matter for my insides. Mm-hmm. My skin matters here, my fascia, the connective tissue. It's not just muscles, bones, organs. There's so much more in a body. Mm. And I just love those interconnected pieces. Yes. Yes. I love that. That is so fascinating. And I'm definitely going to not 
see my uterus in my mind's eye in the same way now that you've mm-hmm. explained that it really does change your relationship because you're able to like visual I mean I'm a very visual person like in my mind I can like really picture mm-hmm. things so I think that helps for me as well but like actually physically putting my hands on my body and imagining is totally different when you when you know these things about your anatomy mm-hmm. yeah and I love the confirming pieces so for me like personally I have a retroflex uterus which means that it tilts back and in my mind part of the pain that I have is because of that I've no one has ever diagnosed that for me but in my experience of my own body it feels like my my uterus has to work harder to release the blood because of its position mm-hmm. and so if you imagine taking the reins on the front of the uterus and pulling her forward right? It's like you're, I'm changing the axis that my uterus is sitting inside my body and that lets the blood flow out easier. Mm. So there's like these, these interwoven links between my internal experience of my bleed and my anatomical knowledge of what's connected to what and where things are. Mm. And that's where that empowerment and agency comes in. Oh yeah. That is, that is so fascinating. What are some entrances or Claire calls them portals what are some portals Mm. to having a relationship with our parts like what are some portals that you found have been helpful to connect to this part of your body curiosity is a big one Mm. so going in with with like a I don't mean scientific here in in a dry sort of rigid sense, but like going in with an observer's mind, right? So if we're talking sexuality, going in and and looking and being curious and noticing just anyone can notice these things. You don't need to be an anatomist or an expert in anything to just look at your body and see, oh, look, there's a line there. There's a fold here there. You know, if you just look at your hand. You notice there's different types of wrinkles around the knuckles compared to the palm. You know, that's just curiosity. And I think that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can feed in anatomical knowledge. And I think that's where that, like where we said, it's like picking up the telephone line, like the two-way communication with your body. It's like, that's where that comes in is knowing like, oh, this part is called whatever, an outer labia. And those are mine. And this is what they look like and what color they are and what they feel like. And just having that curiosity, like, oh, interesting. This, this is shaped like this and this is shaped like that. There's no two cadavers that are the same. No two human bodies that are the same ever. There's just so much individual variation. And so, again, it's that neutralizing of anatomy where you can just be curious without putting judgments on. Mm. And those judgments come so quick and fast because of our cultural upbringings and our family dynamics and our whatever, right? But there, that is a next step. The first step is just plain observation. And then your body goes, okay, you're looking, you're talking to me. (laughs) I have something to say. before all that other noise comes in and just slams the door. Yeah, because what does that noise do? Like, what does that judgment and voice do to our connection to our body and our sexuality? Mm. Shame comes to mind. You know, I, I think it's, it's a betrayal. Mm. It's, 
when you know something to be true inside of yourself and about yourself, and then something else comes in and says that's wrong, that's bad, it should be this other way, you have to make a choice in my mind. Do you stick with your own knowing or do you abandon yourself and go with the knowing of others? Mm, yeah. And I think it, it creates, I mean, it hangs up that phone line, right? It creates a rift. It damages the relationship between you and yourself. And it really just like, yeah, through severing that relationship and like to no fault of anybody's, like these are messages that we've been fed from mm-hmm. before we were born. These are messages that we inherit and learn but they really do disconnect us from our bodies. And like, I think so much of that unpacking is part of like reclaiming our sexuality and our bodies and our relationship to them. Like I know from, for myself, this has been huge. Like those voices that come in, those judgments that come in are really like blocking any pathways to pleasure and and connection and like so much of this work is really understanding like where where that's all coming from and 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 that we do have these judgments that aren't ours and mm-hmm. and that we do have this connection to our really yeah to our inner voice like you were saying that is so much more true and to to learn to listen to that inner voice yeah yeah And I think that disconnection is not neutral. It's not just not picking up the phone. It's like there's a damage being done there in my mind. Mm. Like, it's like, I don't know. I always, I liken it to like, you're walking along with a little kid, like say your child or your nephew or your niece or somebody who's like close to you, who you care very deeply about, right? And they have something to say and you're just totally ignoring them and not registering what they have to say. You're like, that's not just neutral. That's not just neutral disconnection. That actually creates some harm. Yeah. Right? And I think reconnecting and learning your anatomy as a portal into this connection is like going back to that little child and saying, like, hi, I have the time. I understand that you have something to say, and I'm going to sit down and make eye contact with you and recognize that you are important here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, there's like, it's a big, dense healing process. And I think we say empowerment and embodiment so much in the coaching Mm -hmm. world that it's like, what does that mean even? And so I just want to paint that picture a little more vividly of like, it really does matter. Yes. And when you were talking, I was thinking about like the practice of pussy gazing. Like, is that something, Mm because you're talking about observing and for people who are listening, who haven't looked at their own vulvas, is this something that would be a portal to picking up that phone and listening to your body? Yeah, definitely. You know, it takes a certain amount of willingness, right, to even go there. That can be really thresholding for a lot of people, right, to even start the, the idea of, like, what, a pussy gazing workshop? But it doesn't even have to be all of the pressure, right? It could literally just be you alone you don't even have to touch anything it might just be like a mirror and you and you just get an outside look and that's a perfect place to start so that you can actually start forming your own opinions about yourself Mm. when i'm teaching fertility awareness i 
have a very, or my clients have a very kind of similar uh, understanding or like aha moment when they realize that like their, for example, like their cervical mucus has a purpose and that it's healthy and normal and beautiful. And some people will, for the first time, touch their cervix and have a relationship with their cervix, something that often will only be touched by their gynecologist or doctor or maybe never and there is this like really beautiful understanding and almost like anger when they realize that this has been there all along and that they haven't been taught to pay attention that you know their bodies are ovulating all this time that it's just a matter of observing and paying attention to the signs that have always been there and right and so I think it can be really I think it can be really hard to take that first step and I think it can bring up a lot uh, because it's yeah it's just such an emotional experience when you haven't had this relationship before or you have a lot of shame Uh, for whatever reason, a lot of baggage, but I just want to like leave it or leave people on a really like hopeful note that not all is lost. Like if, if you do lack or wish that you had a relationship with your body, that it's not too late, that that connection is possible and available uh, for you. Um, And I think learning about your anatomy or learning fertility awareness or learning about your cycle, those are all ways that you can kind of start on that path of understanding and and learning about your body and that there's so much to learn and and it really is never too late to learn as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, by definition, your body is going to be with you for your entire life. (laughs) So she, he, they are not going anywhere. They're, They're there. Still, you know, even whenever you choose to pick up that phone. <laughs> what does, yeah. I know we've really talked about this, this whole episode, Vita, but what does body literacy mean to you? For me, body literacy is about awareness, connection, agency, and empowerment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's about knowing oneself. And for me, anatomy and bodies are a, a pathway to know myself better in all sorts of ways. Yeah. You know, I think that's my, my studio, I, my business is called Body Sense, right? Like your, your sense of your own body is what drives your whole world experience. And so any amount of literacy that you have, like by definition, you know more about your own body than anyone on this entire planet because you're the only one that's been in there for this whole time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you may not have medical knowledge or anatomical knowledge or cycle, cycle knowledge, right? Cyclic awareness, but you know, your body, you've got years of data piled up in there. So whenever you open that door, you're going to start learning things. You're the expert in your own body. All about connection. Yeah. Yeah. What is, on the horizon for you or what is kind of giving you life and excitement right now? Well, after this trip to London, we had some great conversations amongst our peer group about where we, you know, where we're heading in our businesses. And I had a, some realizations about where I get really excited in my business. And I wanted, I want to feed those areas. And one of those is 
teaching more anatomy. So bringing anatomy to life, because when people hear teaching anatomy, you know, and you picture books and labels and super complicated names that you have to remember. And I just want to bring that anatomy to life for people. And so what's on my horizon right now is some workshop ideas around anatomy of the pelvis. Women's Anatomy of Arousal is a book by Sherry Winston, and she's got a whole bunch of really amazing, interesting connections there that are just part of the bigger picture of the whole pelvis and the way the whole body works together. But to tie my menstrual cycle worlds and my anatomy world and Pilates world together, I would love to do some more workshops around pelvic bowl anatomy and why that matters and how that actually plays out in your life. Mm. Well, I'm there, Vita. (laughs) I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) That would be wonderful. Yeah. And if people want to kind of stay in the loop with the work that you're doing, how can they do that? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. It's sort of a mouthful, but it's at underscore body underscore sense underscore. (laughs) <laughs> so it's all body sense, but surrounded by underscores. Amazing. And then my website is body sense FC as in Fort Collins, where I live, dot com. Um, currently under construction, but a lot of new information um, feeding into that website soon. So those are the best two ways to reach me. And I'll be posting about the workshops that I'm going to be holding on Instagram as well. So that's a great way to see what's current in my world perfect (laughs) well I've learned so much Vita I've learned so much about anatomy but I've also just learned so much more about your story and for that I'm so grateful that we were able to have this conversation thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom and yeah I'm just so grateful that our paths crossed Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I just, I'm so grateful. I woke up this morning thinking like, I'm just so grateful that you're giving me this opportunity to share and and talk about this stuff. So I really appreciate it. It's been really fun. Yay. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day, Vita. Thank you so much. Thank you too. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really, really appreciate you. If you want to continue learning from me, you can find me on Instagram at Fertility Awareness Project. And if you haven't yet taken FAM Fundamentals, it's a free video course that I've created to get you started and get you up and running with fertility awareness as birth control. You can get your copy of FAM Fundamentals free when you go to fertilityawarenessproject.ca slash fam fundamentals. All right, I'll see you in the next episode.